Alrighty, boys. Everyone, welcome to episode 43 of the Racing Line podcast. Um, a quieter week in racing, so we're going to start tonight by talking about some IndyCar that um, took over the streets of Montreal, Montreal, Toronto, early this morning. And then we've got a few talking points from the fans that we thought we would discuss. Um, so, gents, Harry, Joe, how are we going, boys? Good, man. Good weekend, mate. It's good. I tried to change up the introduction a little bit because apparently we say the same thing every every um, who said that episode. My wife. Oh. But then, but then I was thinking, all the good podcasts have a very formulaic introduction. So, in saying well, that, you didn't let's say welcome, welcome, welcome. So I'm not going to be part of this anymore. Do you know why? Because that sounds like you know the um, remember that show, The Big Blue House, when we were in primary school. No. Sounds like Bilbo Baggins from Lord of the Rings. That's how he welcomes Gandalf if you want to get nerdy. Uh, I don't know. That's too nerdy for me. <laughs> but anyway, let's um, <laughs> let's talk motorsport. And we've kind of we're a bit lucky today in some regards because there was no Formula One, there was no MotoGP, and we had IndyCar pretty much by itself this weekend. So it gives us a little bit of chance to shine some light on it. We've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks, uh, which is awesome. Uh, just in, you know, dribs and drabs, uh, McLaughlin won the last race uh, at Mid-Ohio, which obviously made it a little bit more relevant to an Australian audience. Uh, we had Tristan Ellery on. He was saying that he needed to get into it. So if you're watching Tristan, this is another great way, race that you've that you've missed. But, um, boys, um, what's his name? Scott Dixon, race win, first time in... Two years, I think it is, that he's won a race that wasn't the Indianapolis 500. could have been even three years. That he's won a race that that wasn't the Indy 500. He's been there or thereabouts all season. um, But got the win today, followed closely by Colton Herter, who definitely need um, a points boost as well with where they're at. So what did you make of the race? Um, And what were your talking points? Look, awesome mini. I only had a chance to watch the mini. Um, But yeah, great race. Uh, I was surprised that Herder, um, the strategy kind of hurt him there. Mm. Allowed, allowed Dixon to get ahead. Um, and then he just never looked like losing it. But the battles throughout the whole field is just what makes IndyCar so much, such good racing. Like mm. from 1st to 25th or whatever it is, there's battles everywhere. And I just I just love watching it. It's so good. So if you haven't watched the race, jump on Stan. Watch a mini. It's on YouTube as well. I'm pretty sure the short um, highlights as well can be seen on YouTube. But street racing, bumpy tracks, a lot of different surfaces, concrete barriers, 35 cars that are all the same speed and top quality driving. I mean, we spoke, well, you spoke about it. Um, you spoke about it already. But I think when we, the, the key takeaways from this race that I kind of saw was, was this number one, the protagonists at the top of the championship all had uh, not their greatest race. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they finished they finished at the bottom end of the top 10, but Will Power, um, uh, Marcus Ericsson, Alex Pillow all had had to kind of struggle through the field a little bit to make to make something of their race. We saw Colton Herter, who, you know, was 130 points behind, um, need a big race, was able to get that, brings himself within 100 points in the championship, uh, just past the halfway point, which is another really big um, talking point. But again, like you said, H, with the the um, strategy call, left him out too long. Dixon came in, changed tyres, and something that's different uh, in IndyCar to Formula One is the whole concept of 
you know, no tire warmers. So you jump into mm. the, or you put those new tires on, they're cold. And the advantage on that first lap was, was, um, was too big for, um, or too good that um, Dixon could get through. All of that being said, uh, and it might seem a little bit frenetic, but the other thing that was super awesome to see was the overtaking. I mean, the it's really interesting because the track in and of itself is pretty tight. There's a lot of good overtaking um, points in the track, but there's also a number of you know following sections that would be similar to what you would see in some more modern uh, Formula One tracks, and yet even in that particular environment, these cars still put on a fantastic show. Um, so, I mean, from my point of view, it's kind of like everything we want Formula One to be, and we love Formula One, and it's the reason why we have this podcast. Um, but when you watch something as rough and as untamed and as pure as IndyCar, gee, it kind of you kind of finish watching it and, and want a little bit more from from the main game so i think that's yeah. a key word there Anth, untamed mm. like i think that explains the difference between you know the polished product that is formula one yeah and an indica and i think it's all the better for it yeah well you put up the um you put up the story of uh, alex rossi doing a qualifying lap around toronto yeah on our socials on thursday off saturday i think it was how bumpy mm. was it yeah. I mean, there's no power steering in these things. You are constantly battling with the car to keep it straight. It's very obvious when you watch the onboards, but also when just, you know, watching the, the broadcast that getting these cars around corners um, and, and not lighting it up on exit or on the exit of the corner, there's there's some skill in that. It's not. It doesn't look as effortless, mm. as um, robotic, as metronomic as Formula One might be. And that's something that is awesome to see because you can even i don't know if you saw the incident between uh rossi and rosenquist i mean they yeah. they've they've touched each other side by side um at the right angle and it's literally pushed the steering wheel out of the driver's hand yeah. um that's you know it's it's that um untamed for use of a better word so you know every time i'm watching these races i mean i'm a big fan of already but i'm falling more and more in love with the spectacle of IndyCar and it's 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 a kind of an untapped jewel in Australia. Um, I mean, some some pure motorsport fans will maybe be interested in it partly, but I think if you're interested in Formula One and open wheel racing and you want to know what open wheel racing can be because it's working, have a watch of IndyCar because phenomenal. I, to, I, think, I, I think the greatest like, yeah, thing about the about the category at the moment is that there's such a spread of drivers who can actually compete for the win. So mm. like you, you, you watch a race and you'll never see the same drivers in the top five week in and week out because there's at least 15, let's say 10 to 15 cars every weekend that can make a good push at it. Mm. Um, I think this is, this and you've is got sort of at least four or five, you've got four or five teams that all have the infrastructure to win. Yeah, that's that right. Like, so I'm, I'm saying like you have, yeah. if you're counting just like Andretti, Penske, um, Ganassi, say Ganassi um, McLaren, Schmidt, Peterson, Ray Harl on their day. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that's that's a, and Meyer Shank. Yeah, and Meyer Shank now as well. That's twenty that's, cars. That's six teams there. Yeah, that's 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 at least fifteen cars right there. Mm. Um, 
and it's and it's not one engine dominant like you'll see hondas and chevys like littered throughout the top 10 so there's no real like like the parity is really strong and and i'm not saying like other sports need that kind of parity but even if you look like supercars you'll never have that many teams that close together and it sort of runs off the same system as that if you know what i'm saying um it's pretty amazing that you have different engine manufacturers and they're so close like you cannot tell the difference between the the engines in indycar as, yeah. as much as you can in formula one yeah well this is like they're much more monitored though yeah it's much more spec and you just yeah. said that you'll never see that in supercars and just to segue for a second we will next year that's what the hope is with gen 3 that it will yeah. be like that because it's a lot more controlled it's a lot more spec there's a, a lot less bespoke nature to to the cars and how they're produced so that's yeah. hopefully what we're you know seeing uh, in indica uh, in supercars moving forward but my question that i was thinking about today and i wanted to pose it to you but i wanted to leave it unadulterated so i haven't posted it on the chat yet is this let me give you a bit of context first formula one has drivers that are dominating through every category that they are for the most part and then they get to formula one now if you're not in a good team for example let's say someone like Sergio Perez for most of his career before, uh, let's say Nico Hulkenberg, dominant in everything he did, Formula 3, GP2, till he got to Formula 1. Never really was in a position or a car to show any real uh, dominance. Talent. Talent, talent, great word, yeah. That never was really in a position to show the talent that he had. Okay. Now, in Formula 1, if you're in the top two teams, maybe the top three teams, you get the chance to show your talent. However, there's a number of drivers that can go through their whole careers, be dominant all the way up to that point and not win something. And Nico Hülkenberg was in Formula 1 for 10 years, went to Le Mans, won Le Mans on his first go. That was his first win in any category since he um, joined Formula 1. He didn't even get a podium in Formula 1. Exactly. But then we look at some, something like IndyCar, and I was thinking Marcus Ericsson is in the lead of the championship. I don't expect him to stay there. However, can I say by, by a decent amount in, now? Yeah, I was going to say yeah, I think it's, it's like 50 20 points. or 30 points. It's like nearly 50. Nearly yeah. 50. No. Yeah, it's nearly 50. Well, I got it up right now. I think here. it's 40 something. He's on, he's on 351, 35. and Will Powers on 316. Okay, 35. So it's, 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 it's definitely substantial. Yeah, but well, the point I was trying to make was, right? He never, he was never in a car to show his potential, and he did make mistakes. And argument could be made that he wasn't even the strongest driver in his team, but he still was a good driver, and we never really got to see it. And he was kind of a laughing stock by the time he <laughs> left Formula One. The same thing can be, can be said for someone like Pastor Maldonado, who, even though in Formula One kind of was a one-hit wonder, is in LMP2 now, gun driver. People like John Eric Verne, the list goes on and on and on. In IndyCar now, we're at a situation where, like you said, Joe, there's 15 to 20 drivers, okay, that are at the top of their game. You've got great drivers from America. You've got great drivers that have been in Europe and come over to America. And you've got great young talent that never really got the chance to drive in Formula One. People like Pelot, whose trajectory was moving in that particular direction for the long for the longest time and never really got the shot. I'd like to discuss um, him, by the way. Yeah. That's- and and we're, and we're in a situation now where there's so much talent in IndyCar. Do you think objectively 
that between IndyCar and Formula One, taking stature out of it, IndyCar is the more difficult championship to win. Number one, because no. there's less races. And number two, close. because the talent is higher. I'm with you. Not even, not even close. The, the, Great. The, the, tell me the why. The difference between the, and here's, here's the long and short of it. The difference between Formula One and IndyCar is number one, the point system is so unforgiving in Formula One. Like you need to be at the pointy end every weekend to, to, to mount a championship number one, whereas IndyCar, it's much more like a supercar spread. So you sort of get a po points for participating kind of thing. Um, the, the fact that good drivers come into Formula One and then do well in other championships shouldn't surprise anyone because realistically, they're the best 22 drivers or 20 drivers in the world at any given time, or they should be. And if... If Stroll and Latifi were to leave F1 now and go into IndyCar, WEC, you know, whatever, whatever you choose, other than maybe supercars because it's so different, and 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 perform admirably, like no one would be surprised. But we're rating these drivers against the Alonsos, the Hamiltons you know, the Vettels, like that's the best of the best. And if, if you have half a bad year or a bad year, like someone like a, like a Danny Ricardo, who's won eight F1 races, we then, you know, start doubting these drivers. And that's because the sport itself is so ruthless. Yeah, um, my question so was, like, I guess from my perspective, could, yeah, sorry, H. I guess in formula one, there's maybe two cars on any given year that you can win the championship if you're not in those two it doesn't matter how good you are you're not going to win the championship mm. we've just said indycar there's 15 cars you could be in to mount a championship challenge that's why i'm looking at it though yeah because... but that's it's easier it's got to be easier to win indycar yeah no, no sorry what sorry let me rephrase that then what i mean to say is this if you are a top driver in a top car in formula one or a top driver in a top car in okay, indycar is it easier for example if i'm verstappen i'm racing probably five people max for this championship haha <laughs> i like what you did there four of, not even five let's, let's okay well let's say four, four then okay four now yeah. if i win four races yeah i've essentially covered off a race win between first yeah. and second in the points yeah. i've also got a season that is so long now that even if i have two blown up engines in the first couple of rounds I can be back in the lead comfortably by a third of the way through the season. Yeah, but also you got to remember as well, on, on your worst day, if you have a problem, realistically, you should be able to race your way back to fourth. But that's the point I'm trying to make to you, Joe. So as long as yeah. you don't the point have I'm trying to make bar, is this. In IndyCar, if I'm a top driver, let's say someone like Newgarden, for example, and I've got 15 other people that have a somewhat realistic chance at mounting a push for the championship and I have an off day, yes, you can say that the... Um, points are more forgiving if you're lower down the grid. However, at the same time, it does mean that in order to mount a championship push, a greater level of consistency is required because there's less prominence yeah, that, between that's a winning a race and coming said, second. Yeah. So that's the point. I'm the point I'm trying to make is if I'm if I'm in a car that has the chance to win either championship, which is going to be harder? Yeah, I think Indy. Yeah, that question. At, at is, this point Indy. in time, it's Indy because yeah. you got to remember as well in Indy. You have to be good at normal street rate, uh, normal circuit racing, Ovals. and then you also see these drivers who come in from other championships who have never raced on ovals before 
have to learn the tech, like have to learn the, learn the technique of running on ovals. And then you have to come and race on some of the bumpiest street circuits you'll ever see. Mm. But I think how you phrase that question initially, 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 um, was wasn't fair on F1 drivers. Mm, um, I agree. I so mean, yeah, that was, that's what, sorry, that was the point I was trying to make because I was watching it. I'm thinking even at this point in the season, yes, there's 100 points between 1st and 10th, but we're halfway yeah. through the season. Yeah, and, and it all with, can change in the blink it, of an eye. Exactly. It, all change, it can all change really quickly with a few ordinary races here and there um, or a few a, a DNF or two because of the, because the spread is so large if you were to have a DNF. Here's what um, I love as well about IndyCar. You have a championship that's based in the US. That's fine. But then you look at the the top drivers in at the, at the in it at the moment. You have Scott Dixon, who's been sort of the staple for the sport. New Zealander. Will Power has probably Australian. been Australian. Yeah, it's in an international lineup. Most of his yeah. time, Australian. Plo now, Spanish. You've had Castro Neves and um, and the other guy from Canaan um, from uh, Brazil. You've got New Garden and Herder from the US. You've got Ericsson from Sweden. You know, it's it's a very Maginot and Grosjean France. from France. You know, so it's, it yeah. is a very, it is the best. It's it's the best of the rest from everywhere else coming into this championship. Mm. You know what I mean? And and, um, and also what you got see, McLaughlin because... now from Supercars. Yeah, you know he's he's dicing up with the best. Yeah, it's all like it is. It is awesome fun. It's like go karts on steroids. Realistically, yeah, that's is. what it is. It's go karts on steroids. Like and, you even see. Will Power now doing, doing. He was bombing these. He was dive bombing some from so far back. Stupid today. moves, stupidly, like, stupidly lucky and fortuitous in some. Yeah, but you know that's what you got to do sometimes yeah, when you're like that far at the back. <laughs> and like even that. him, he and he won what last race? He came fifteenth today. Yeah, you know that's, like, so that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. It's like it's, it's actually difficult to entertaining win sport championship mm. in that regard. But yeah, if you haven't watched the, it, guys. Jump on board to IndyCar. You're not going to be able to 100%. watch it live for the most part because it's either races between three and five o'clock in Racing the morning. Racing at stupider times than F1. <laughs> but get yourself stand sport, watch the races. It is so bloody good, so good. Can I can I pose a question? What the hell is going on with the Pelot contract situation? Has there been any? Has there been humorous. any clarity on, no. on that over the weekend? I've got a, I've got a hypothesis. Let's go. That's Let's hear this. Oh, no. I think that, I bet it involves Danny Rick. I think, uh, no, um, I think that McLaren is in a position now where they want to move to three cars, just to be a little bit more competitive with the likes of Andretti and Penske in particular. And and well, Ganassi's doing it with three as well. But yeah. they got four drivers signed. For well, this year. is well, this is the thing. Um, Felix Rosenquist's contract is not with. Arrowsmith Peterson, it's with McLaren Technology. So there's there Formula is the e. consideration that he's going back to Formula E where he was carving up before he went to IndyCar, which will be a loss for IndyCar because mm. even this year he should be in a championship fight. He's had a lot of why would why would they unluckies. get rid of him? Well like this is why because Alexander well Rossi is already going. Alexander Rossi is already going. And this is what I think. Alex Rossi's there, Paddo Woods there. The fact that there was the option for Ganassi to um, snatch up Palau for the for the third year in a row would mean that McLaren wasn't sure they were going to be able to get him. Hence, why they've signed Rosenquist to an open contract with either with either racing series, if that makes sense. And then I don't know if Palau thought he could get out of the third year, or he made it seem like there was more confidence that he could move out in the negotiations than there was. But 
I think it's fairly realistic that he will be staying with Ganassi um, and that Rosenkus would be in the third. Can I give you stage. my theory? Because I have a different theory mm-hmm. to that. Throw I it. think that Polo is in line to take Danny Rick's seat at the end of next year. As you know, Danny Rick's going to be there next year because... At McLaren, I, F1 team? Yeah. You think he's going to McLaren F1? Polo? Yeah. I think after next year, he will be the F the McLaren F1 driver after Danny Rick leaves, right? Here's what I, here's how I think it's going to work. I think Danny Rick is going to be there next year, going to be there next year. And after all Zach Brown said, it makes total sense that the option was in Danny Rick's favor because they needed to, to actually get him there. That makes total sense. Um, thinking that they're going to push him out the door, I think has sort of made this whole fiasco seem worse than it is. But I think in terms of putting, they'll put Palo in Formula E next year as he's closer to Europe. He'll be the McLaren test driver, do a few test runs next year, get him comfortable with the team, do some simulator work. And then once Danny Rick is gone, Palo is going to be your second driver at McLaren F1. That's a hot take. That is a hot take. I think that's a great take. There is no I think way Polo is not racing. I think it fits perfectly. There's perfectly. no way he's going from IndyCar to Formula what are you talking E. Talking about we, we, we've just seen Oscar Piastri City year out. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's but he didn't no go way. from Indy. He didn't go from IndyCar being a championship he contender. He, he'll 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 finish the year in Indy. He'll probably win the season again. He'll go to Formula E, do some Formula E, do some F1 because he has to do F1 testing. He has to um, do some simulator work. Yeah, but we've just seen this Europe week that Colton some... Herder can race IndyCar and test within a week. Yeah, that's this is what I, this is my take. This is what I think. So I think he. I think they want him to be in Europe. It's hot. He can't be located. He can't. Yeah, but Herd is not doing testing and simulator work. They want him to be part of the the, the reserve driver for the team. You have to be based in Europe for that. Flyaways is one thing, but being based in the US is a different take. And I think you think. I think from the look on your face, you think I might be onto something. I can see I you think, thinking. I, I just can, don't think it'll happen. I can see him going to McLaren and racing a year in IndyCar for them. Mm. But I can't see him racing Formula E and then going to Formula 1. Well, what maybe was he'll his do, junior Formula maybe he'll, career maybe like? He'll do, maybe he'll do IndyCar Good. and Rose, and Rosenquist will do what will do That's Formula E. But I, but I think he'll definitely be taking Danny Rick's spot at the end of next year. Mm. I don't know. Depends. Mm. Dude, he's Depends. a young superstar. Yeah, but if you had someone like Gasly or someone like... Gasly. Hello. I, can I, but I can, think that would take Gasly. If you put, if, if, no way. But Gasly is not that young anymore. And he's not performing that well. But Pelot's not that young anymore either. Pelot's 24, 25. Yeah, how old is Gasly? 27. 24, 25. I think Gasly is, they're keeping Gasly because he's going to take Checo's seat no matter what. Checo is the one who's aging out now. Like, why would you Red know what Bull the beauty about this up? whole conversation is? We will know soon enough. Why would they keep so many drivers on the books if they didn't have contingency plans for them? Well, there's a few reasons. Number one, because their IndyCar team is growing. Yeah, I, I can, can see I, that happening. I can see them taking Polo, having Polo, Rossi, and O'Ward. That's a strong and lineup. I have a bigger, having I have a bigger question in about their McLaren. McLaren. Yeah. I have a bigger question about McLaren. Yeah. Do you think that their too F1 much. team is suffering yes, because yeah. they're doing too much other shit? No. I do, but they you haven't. Can't, you can't be fully focused. 
All the other racing that they're doing isn't R&D racing, though. IndyCar IndyCar at this stage is still McLaren in name because they've bought the infrastructure of SMP. IndyCar is different because they're actually still... Yeah, SMP is still pretty much running the team and the McLaren funding. But now they're doing... Who did McLaren Formula buy? E. Who did McLaren buy in Formula E? e. I don't think yeah, they bought Mc- anyone. I think they make was their own. Merck? McLaren bought out Mercedes. Yeah. Did they? So they're going to get all the infrastructure from them and continue running that team under the brand McLaren, but it's technically a team that already exists. Now Extreme, Extreme e, e, we can we can debate its relevance or we can even debate how much manpower is going into that fad of a series. Regardless of that though. Tell us what you I really think. Like, I don't think I don't know, man. I'm not a fan of that. I don't think. Um, I just don't think that if, as a team, it looks good. If you you want to be a powerhouse of Formula One again, right? Mm-hmm. And next year we're going to have three F1 races in the United States mm-hmm. that are going to get more coverage and more fans' eyes than a whole season of IndyCar, mm-hmm. right? And you, if you're not putting your best foot forward in in your biggest sort of what is it? The biggest bow, the biggest arrow in your quiver, mm. and you're looking subpar. Like surely that that is not what they want to be doing. Like to to be better at IndyCar or better two at years Formula ago, e that Two no years ago, you might have had an argument. The problem is now there's cost cap as well. Mm. So there's only a certain amount of money you can spend on R and D. There's only a certain amount of money you can spend on. I just don't think it's a good people. look for a team that's struggling Regardless as of like, the look- like they are. Okay, well then let's look at it from the other point of view. Maybe they're trying to make money still because what we saw from McLaren even two years ago when COVID took place was that as big a team as McLaren, as good a financial situation as they were in, they were still in a, in a situation where they had to get bought out. 40% of their shares had to get bought out so they wouldn't become insolvent. So with all of that, maybe they're saying we need to be able to generate revenue from other forms as well. Looking at IndyCar, looking at Formula E, there's a specific amount of money that um, they they you get know for being in there. Yeah, they well, there's not money that they're going to being in it. From it. No, but let's say that they know. Okay, it's going to cost us. I have no idea of the financials, but let's say it's going to cost us five million dollars to run Formula E this season. Okay, they can budget for five million dollars, and if they've got sponsorship that can cover that and more, well, then they're bringing in money as well. Just saying, that's all. By the by, how mm. does how do two teams announce the one driver on the same day? That's what I want to know. I think, yeah, I think one of them I think thought it's hilarious. they both thought they had it and then one of them jumped kind the of jumped, not, not jumped the gun, they thought they had him, they posted it and the other team's like, hang on a second, we've got him. And they put, you know, it's it's, it's a cock up what in I the think, true what, sense of the word. I think what's happened is is that Chip Ganassi think that, or Pelot has made it, to, made it known to Chip Ganassi that he's, he wants to wants leave. To leave and there's contracts on the table. And Chip Ganassi have thought, we've got a, uh, you know, in our contract, you staying with a, a, like a clause in our favour saying you will be here, like we can trigger you to be here next year kind of thing. Mm. Um, sort of like a franchise tag in NFL, I suppose, like the, how that mm. works, you got no say in it. Mm. And, and whether or not it is like how it's worded has been either made known to Alex that that's how it goes or I can't see Ganassi releasing a statement like that if if they haven't got the legal grounds to sort of stand on it um, because McLaren wouldn't know the contract that Ganassi has with Pelot 
you know what I mean? Like, mm. so I don't know, like they could definitely release the news under sort of what they know of the situation with, um, with Alex himself, mm. but I don't know how um, Ganassi could release a statement without sort of the, the legal grounds to stand on it. So it make like, it was, it was really humorous to be honest. It's a cluster. That's yeah, what it really, is. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's, yeah. It wouldn't cluster. happen in Formula One. <laughs> no, no oh. way. Stranger things. Have you have you watched the Schumacher documentary? Yeah, that's that's the yeah, whole. I've never seen thing this happen in any sport. In. Oh, from um, from Jordan to Benetton. Benetton, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that's in the nineties. Oh well. Yeah. Something's going on. We'll come out in the wash soon enough. Yeah, we'll, yeah. Um, let's move on. Enough chat about IndyCar. Hey, what were some of our other talking points for this week? So I put out a, a thing on our Instagram story. Um, if anyone had any questions they'd like us to debate or talk about. Um, so first up, we had uh, Tristan Ellery, who was on the pod a couple of weeks ago. He asked, who do we think are the top 10 drivers out of Australia and New Zealand right now? Mm. And are there any up-and-comers to watch out for? So, well, can I can I throw up my, my list? Would that be all right? Yeah, look, I, I, I'll preface this by I looked at both your lists that you sent through. Mm-hmm. And I think there was one that I could see that maybe it could be added, but otherwise there wasn't. Who was I, the one? I was looking at Alex Peroni, who was in Indy Lights last oh, yeah. year, and he's yeah. racing in, I think, one of the... Um, he's endurance. racing in SF2000, and he's racing in, yeah, ELMS. Yeah, so... Or WEC. He yeah. seems... He was in Formula 3 a couple of years ago, had that massive accident. Yeah. Um, actually, that's actually... I didn't think about Peroni. Yeah, but otherwise, mm. you guys had the others covered, so... Anth. Well, I'll throw you my 10, and then we'll see what Joseph thinks about it. So I started with Cam Waters. Um, I went Cam Waters. Are these Chaz in order, Most- by the way? Yeah. Yep. So you think Cam Waters is the best Australian driver right now? In the world? In the world. Yep. Oof. In the world? Jesus. I'll give you Cam my 10. Cam Waters and then is you the can- best Aussie racer in the world. <laughs> Let me give you my 10, and That's then insane. we can go from there. <laughs> biased. Just listen. No. <laughs> what's what's your favorite you- team in supercars? Tickford. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, you know, he, he, Cam Waters hasn't even raced another car other than, other than a speedway hey, car let him in say, his whole let him, career. Let him go, Can you let, let me go. finish? So I've got Cam Waters, number one, Chaz Mostert, Will Power, Daniel Ricciardo, Matt Campbell, Anton Di Pascali, Oscar Piastri, James Allen, Jackson Evans, Jordan Love. These, yours are only Aussies except Jackson Evans. Oh, he's a Kiwi as well, isn't he? Yeah. We'll get rid of Jackson Evans. What about Scotty McLaughlin? He's Kiwi too. We'll put. Um, yeah, we're counting Kiwis. We said he we'll said put, he asked for Kiwis. Oh, Kiwis as well. Oh, Australia slash so, New Zealand. Gotcha. Well, let's get. So you have to put Shane Van Gisberg in there. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, let's and make Scott this Australian Dixon. then. Okay. Let's make this Australian. <laughs> get rid of Jackson Evans, and I'm going to throw Peroni to number ten. But like, this is the thing about Cam Waters, right? He's been in like a fickle car. His whole career, um, realistically, I if I knew that it was Australia New Zealand like I should have, I would have put Shane above him. But he came second last year. He has kind of pulled his way back into third this year. He's making his way up. It hasn't been as easy. But I still think by the end of this season, he'll be back in second. So, and I have a question. Yeah. You're saying in equal machinery that Cam Waters would beat Oscar and DR... In F one, if in equal, well, if they're in an F one car, that's not equal machinery. They have to be in a car that they've known, 
Like they're all equal. Put him in shifter cuts. I think he would win. All right, he's he. I'm I'm gonna debunk this because I think this is this is so far fetched. It's, it's not even blasphemous. Funny. All right, so he's. he's well, what has he's, DR done in the in the recent past no, he's, to, he's to how, warrant he's, that he's still at the top of his game? Here's how I want Here's how I would like to measure them. Right. All right. I don't think. Yeah, sorry. My metric was. I, I test your personal belief. <laughs> Tick, Tickford bias. I <laughs> test metric. My love for Cam Waters, which has blinded me since since he was in Super Two, has is carrying is carrying your your decision. All right. So, I think number one, we must preface this by saying, if a driver hasn't driven more than one category and we haven't been able to measure him against the best of other categories, I think you can't put him at number one. All right. He made a top 10 shootout in his only outing in the Bathurst 12 hour with Stracker Mercedes. Um, with the I think he qualified he fourth. He did, I suppose. That oh. was that, that is that, that's a decent effort. All right. So you're telling One me off. he's better than Matt Campbell. I would Who's think just that been he's... announced as a Porsche Weck Listen, driver. You can't talk shit. Like I'm not never going to talk shit about Matt Campbell because no, no. I love Porsche. Uh, let and I me love talk Campbell. now. Let but me talk. he's only ever let driven Porsches, so that's the let same argument you're making about. No, he hasn't. He's driven in supercars. Well, the only time he drove in supercars, he kept putting it into Hell's Corner and having to do UEs out of it in his first race. <laughs> Go, Joe. Give us, give us your list. Been, Joe, give us your list. He's been relatively competitive in the Grove cars. Let's go, oh, Jake. Give us your list. Yeah, sorry. So, he, so here's how I'm going to say it. If you want to, I I like Matt Campbell mm. as a, as one of our not probably the best, but I think we've seen a lot of him in a lot of different categories. We've seen him competitive as a youngin in um, Porsche Cup, which then prompted him to go to Europe. We've then seen him excel in Porsche Cup Europe, which is an which is the best of the best of Europe. We've That's then seen point. him work. We've then seen him work through a junior Porsche contract in GT3 cars, you know, which is and another hard thing. Then we've seen him in GTE cars as one of the best. We've now seen him move into a a group of drivers with him, um, Jamine and, and NASA in um, IMSA. IMSA and in WEC. Not, so he's not with them in WEC. Um, we've seen him perform in WEC at the same time as performing in IMSA in GT3 machinery. And now we've seen Porsche have enough faith in him to put him into its top flight hypercar program. Now, there are there is at least 15 world-class drivers in that Porsche stable mm. that they could have chosen from for this job, mm. at least, if not more, right? So I'm not saying he's the best Australian out there, but I definitely think he has to be in the top five because at every level of his progression, he has not just performed, Joseph. but he's Joseph. excelled. All right. Joseph. Number two. Joseph, think, what position did I put him in? What You didn't tell us. Fifth. You spoke about Cam Waters. Fifth. Did you <laughs> have Jack Doohan? Did you have Jack Doohan in your list? No, I don't have Jack Doohan in there. Oh. Jack Doohan's okay. won one F2 race. Number two, I have Oscar. I think yep. winning F2 is a... It, it, is a massive achievement. We haven't had an F2. Have we had an F2 winner? Did Danny Rick win F2? No. Uh, he, I think he skipped F2. But Did Mark Webber win F2 or the equivalent? No. no. That's massive, man. Yeah, but... Uh, and he won it in his first season after winning but F3 he won in it his with, first he season. He won it with Prima. Who cares? So he won it in it. his first season. No one... Only George has done that recently and, and, and Charles have done back-to-backs. Back to I want to see 
I want to see Piastri race against men before I make that determination. Okay. I think, I think from what we've seen in the past, if a driver can do that, they've seen that they've ended up pretty good. All right. And then I have willpower because I think the work he's done in IndyCar against some really good competition. I mean, other than if, if Scott Dixon didn't exist, he would be the best. Oh, he's the best qualifier in IndyCar history. And he's got enough wins to put him in the, you know, at the top of near the top of the mountain for IndyCar wins as well. Mm-hmm. Danny Rick, I think he can't minus his eight F1 wins. And yeah, he's on a bit of a downturn at the moment, but come on. And then I think Danny Rick, put, I put in fourth FYI. And, and then I and think you can put in, put in third. Most and waters. I think I think just the shock value of you having Cam Waters at number one through us, mate. <laughs> I, th- I think that he's. I think he's, he's going us for a loop. <laughs> I think that he hasn't had, like, I feel like if he was in, I want him to see him. I want if he see- was in a triple eight, I think you'd be dominating. When you sent your list through, I thought, yeah. oh, he's just throwing numbers together. He's just throwing names together. I didn't no. think they were in order. No, that's my order. That's my order. Fair enough. I, I, and I, and I, it's what I want to do. I want to post both of these lists on the socials, and I want to get a vote happening. Right, but I'll mine then, wasn't in order. Mine wasn't in order. Well, then put so it in send order. Send it through to me, Joe, and I'll put it. Put off. it in order, and we'll post it up. And I want you to tag as many drivers and people <laughs> and spawn anything to get some traction for this and i want to see what the what the pop like the um feedback from the population is saying about my list because i don't actually think it's a bad and i i'm not gonna lie i knew that people would think it's biased and i tried to be purposely it is biased unbiased. people don't think it's biased it is biased is that why Chaz is a second i think Chaz is a great driver <laughs> I'm not like, saying he's not. I like, think he is too. I reckon, but I, I think reckon, you've put Chaz second just to soften the blow of Cam in first. This is, no, this is what I thought. <laughs> this is what I honestly thought. No, I, no, because I was actually thinking about putting Chaz first. He was, I, got, I, would I, was put, gonna, I would put Chaz gonna, ahead of Cam. Yeah, but this is the thing. The difference between Kaz and Chaz and Cam Kaz and is Cam. this. They both have the ability to make a car that isn't performing well get a result. However, Chaz Cam, makes more mistakes. Yeah, that's exactly right. I don't but think the way ever... Chaz threw that car around last week in that quali session, the top ten shootout yeah, was awesome. The, the thing is, though, Chaz has got slow. Chaz has yeah, got but such I just a, don't think the car had it. Chaz has got such a such a, and I'm a massive Chaz fan, mm. and I've always been a Chaz fan. But Chaz has got such a list of boneheaded mm. overtakes that end up in carnage, mm. like in even in GTs, like at that Bathurst one. When he lit it up on the grass and wiped out a Bentley, so I mean, Silly. I'd probably do, if I was in that situation, I'd probably do the same thing because you're not going to lift. But yeah, I can understand why you put Chaz ahead of him. But but see, look, in this, Chaz's not, this, defense, this is my Chaz test. Got, my Chaz test got is if you had those drivers, driver. had, I, I understand that. If you had those ten drivers in shifter cuts and they did, uh, we'll like, never know. We would never know, it's but, all if, very like, that's, good. That, but then I, if I was to think about it like that, that's kind of where I based my thing on. Anton Di Pasquale is good, but he's in a great team and he's underperforming probably in a great team. I think Matt Campbell's awesome in a Porsche, but we haven't seen him in anything else really We've ever. Seen him in so many different Porsches, but they're all Porsches. He's always Ricardo, been them. 
I think Ricardo's good, but he's kind of lost a bit of his edge, hence why I put him in fourth. Will Power is old, but he's still got edge, so I put him in third. And then Piastri, I probably could have put higher, but I just want to see him race against some men. James Allen, I've put in eighth, and he's just an Australian that we don't know about because he's been racing in Europe in prototypes, LMP2 for the longest time, but he's a gun in LMP2. He's young, he's a gun, um, he's there always... Even- there are even drivers that I didn't put in there that I think still like uh, um, do such a great job when they're out in the international. I'm like even guys like Nick Foster, mm. like when he gets when we saw him yeah, in Asian, you can't Asian put him in Le- ten. No, I'm you not putting in, I'm not putting him in the, in the ten. But yeah. Like like if you want to talk about like drivers who put their best foot forward against you know um, drivers who we 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 assume are, are in in a, in a sort of elite club. Mm. Then you put you can sort of bring like okay, whenever Nick Foster's jumped into a GT car or even LMP two when he was in Asian Le Mans with the um, what is it into Europol team I think it was yeah yeah you know like even against the best that that class had to offer which are guys from Europe they was he was still in uh, the best in the best car and performing at a such a super high level with Shane Van Gisbergen mm. so I mean I think on any given day if you put any of these drivers in the right machinery. And the the better team, they're all at a level that they probably will perform really well. Um, That's why I have to base it on the. I don't think I've seen enough from Kim to put it at the front to put him at the top. Hmm. We haven't seen him in enough other categories. We've seen all the other guys do a few different things and be at a high level. But Kim, who was the tenth driver that I said we were going to put in? Peroni. Peroni. Oh, Uh, is it Peroni or Doan? I'm going to go Doan over Peroni. (laughs) All right, H, you can post that up. See what the world thinks. Love it. Um, that was a good. That was a good chat. What was our? Oh, the other t- thing that we were supposed. To, what was the other thing we we're talking about tracks. tonight? Yep. So tracks. we also got another question, which was our <laughs> tracks listed from one to twenty-two. I feel this is going to be another. Um, I guess from our favorite track on the F one calendar through to our least favorite. Uh, I'm pretty H. sure we're consistent across the board for our least favorite. H. It'll be interesting. Before- before we go into that, mm. can I just say, mm. I think I figured out how we can do this. Mm. We will each present our top two mm-hmm. and least two favorite tracks so that we have a bit of a discussion about that. And mm-hmm. then what we'll do is we will, for each uh, ranking of the track, for example, we will each give it a point. So if it's the first track on your list, you'll give it one point. So then by the end of our tally, we will have a list of 22 tracks the track with the least amount of points is obviously the best all the way through to the most points is the worst because it means it's been ranked low for the majority of times. Then we can post that track list or that hierarchy that you wanted based off of that. So, H, what yes. are your least two favorite tracks <laughs> on the F1 calendar? Uh, I would like to say quickly, I think the least two, we, put, we, we might get a consensus. Yes, I'm going to... I had it 22... I had Miami, <laughs> and at twenty-one, I had Jeddah. Mm. I'm gonna say Joey? at twenty-two, I had Jeddah, and at twenty-one, I had Miami <laughs> because I like I, that I, I can actually see with my the per- peripherals of the track at Miami. Mm. I, like I like that we could it... actually see. I like the look of the track. I've like, raced the, the boys at shit. <laughs> yeah, but at least, at least, at least we can see the fake beach and the fake marina when we're watching the track. Yeah. Right? Oh, true. Like- they do at get least- extra points for the fake water. I'll give you that. Yeah, fake at least water. It's somewhat like a circuit. I feel. The, the, 
the, right, poli- the so police. We go on Jetta 22, Miami yep. 21. You might as well literally for Saudi Arabia, you could literally race down a freeway, put a U-turn on the end, <laughs> race back and put a U-turn on the end. And that would be... No, if you just had... If you did that with a few witches cones making some squiggles in the freeway because it's like four yeah. lanes, yeah. just crossing, cutting back and forth a bit, yeah. that's all So you're it really saying is. if you put witches hats on an airstrip like yeah. Top Gear do, yeah. you oh, could have the Jetta could, street circuit. We could have the Jetta street circuit on Top Gear's racetrack at night. Boom. I like it. All right. Okay. Top two, boys. Anth, top two. Uh, well, number one, it's probably a little bit biased, but I think it's the greatest track in the world. That's I think right it's got, form. I think it's got <laughs> the like. Mm, I'm just gonna say it, Suzuka. Suzuka, one like point for Anth. A circuit, high Joey. speed, low speed. Can I, just, can I, can I have a hot pins. take here? Hot take for the podcast. You the greatest like driver, the greatest driver on the greatest track would be Cam Waters winning on a Suzuka. race at Suzuka <laughs> in a you know, shifter car. <laughs> that's all we need. All right, Joey, your, your favorite track. I think I don't think it, I think the best track yep. is Silverstone. Yep. For racing, like yep. in F one, hundred percent. I think last week can prove that. I think number two is Spa. Well, my top two were Silverstone at one. Yeah. Spa at two. I will say this though, Suzuka is not number three for me. So I don't think Air Force far off. Suzuka's number three for me too. So is let's it? go. Okay. So we've let got me throw consensus. you one more. Let me throw you one more curveball, boys. What? Is your eleventh favorite track? Just saying, Scoop. I'm putting Silverstone as number one because Ant and I, uh, Joey and I, put that as number one. Spa, Ant, where'd you have Spa? Second. Yep. So that's second. And then third, we could debate. I am my eleventh track. Yeah, give us no, give us your third then. That's good. Give us your my third. third was Suzuka. Oh. We've got we've got a consensus at the top and a consensus at the bottom. Can I ask yeah. you a question? Where did you boys rank into Lagos? Joey? 15th. Oofed. 15th for Interlagos? Yeah. You're off your head. That's a Cam Waters take right there. That's because you have never got that far into an F1 season to race. (laughs) No, it's not. I don't don't hate the track, but I think other tracks are are better conducive for racing. Interlagos. And you know what? I I do have favourites. Like, I, I do enjoy other, like, racing different tracks. Mm. Like I, my eleventh track was Spielberg. Mm. I had my fourth average. track was Imola. I had, I had Interlagos at fifth. Yeah, Interlagos good. My number eleven, funnily enough, was Melbourne. Uh, was it like a bang angle? Yeah, bang angle track. You know what? I'm going to read you my list. Yeah. All right. I'm going to read you my list. Go, go. Can you can you put a close up of my facials? Oofed. No, number one, Silverstone. Number two, Spa. Number three, Suzuka. Then I had number four. Imola, number five, Hungaroring, number six, Melbourne, and that's probably biased, but I love that track from because I always do that in my championship. <laughs> number seven, Austin. Number eight, I had uh, Montreal. Number nine, I had um, Bahrain. Number ten, I had Barcelona. Eleven, Spielberg. Twelve, Paul Ricard. 13, um, Mexico, 14, and I think that's because I love the stadium section, 14, Yaz Marina, 15, Interlagos, 16, Marina Bay, 17, Monza, 18, Xanthorpe, 
19. Yeah, yeah, I get the picture. I get it. Yeah. All the other so shitty like, tracks at the end. Yeah, yeah I feel it. like I feel Not like bad. it was a pretty good. Maybe list. we put up a maybe we put up a graphic as well of our three lists. Yeah. And see what the universe thinks about those as well. Get some right. feedback as well. My top tw- my top. Uh, Give me your top five. Uh, Silverstone, Spa, Suzuka, Coda, and Interlagos. Mm. Strong list. And then Melbourne, Spain, Hungary, Canada, Imola, blah blah blah. Not bad. I want to see what the world thinks about what this. What was yours? <laughs> Top five. Uh, Suzuka Spa, Interlagos, Hungaro Ring, Silverstone. Silverstone fifth. Hmm. So Hungaro Ring, we all had in our top five, I think. No, I had it eighth. Okay. Hungaro Ring's an awesome track. It's probably not yeah. as good for Formula One anymore, but it's an yeah. awesome track to drive. That's the thing. I guess like my it's... metrics were the layout, but hmm. then the racing it produces, and we haven't really seen... Good but racing the problem is we've just we've just raced at Hungary in um in our GT championship. And... I understand. That's why I had my Miami twenty second, mate. That's why I had Good. Miami twenty second. Yeah, there you go. That'll do it. All right, let's post up those um those graphics to the socials. That might be a, a bit of a, a good bit of, of uh, fan engagement. A lot of a lot of tags I think we need in these just to get a bit of traction on them. Um any other talking points from this week, boys? This week. Um well, okay. I think you mentioned something that we're looking forward to. I don't think it's this week relative, so, but we probably, won't, we probably won't speak about it next week. So there's F1 next week, isn't there? Tell me. Spa 24 is coming up. I would like to pre-hype it a little bit mm. because as much as I love talking about what we're talking about, I do love, you know, um, speaking the word of the Lord, you know, and just getting people ready for these festive times ahead. And in what is it? Not this weekend, next weekend, starting from, it should be Thursday, Australian time, like Australia days. We have practice starting for the spa 24 hour. Mm. And the reason I think that the spa 24 hour is so special, if you like tin top racing, not if you're only into open wheels, is no, that but you, you know have... what? No, no, don't say that. Don't start with that because even if they don't think they like it, they don't know what they don't like. Okay, fair enough. Okay, you don't know what you don't like, all right? And we're here to tell you what you like. <laughs> That's right. You know? As a bunch of white men, <laughs> very uh, fitting with the times, you like 65 GT3 cars running at Spa Frankenchamps. Even if you don't think you like it, that's what you like. And I think that is actually one of the greatest selling points of this race is yep. that you have 65 cars all competitive in this, like in the same category. There's, albeit there is, yeah. yeah, albeit there is different actual categories. There's pro, pro am, and silver cup, and then am. Yep. But you have sixty five cars all balanced really well um, over a twenty four hour race. And one thing I think that has different to all the other ones is that there's only one category there. And we're going to have a few Australian teams there, which I'm really looking forward to. I love Grove. Australian teams We're heading up to, have... to Europe. We have Grove, we have Sun Energy One Racing, Mercedes yep. who won the Bathurst 12 hour. We yep. have the EMA Porsche, Porsche from Porsche Cup that's yep. running Matt, Matt Campbell, Campbell, Yamane, Yamane. and um, Felipe Nasser. Mm. Awesome lineup. Um, but you're going and but you're also going to have probably one of the best qualifying sessions to watch for free on YouTube, which is the 
Super Bowl session, I think on the Friday Friday evening Australia time. Mm. Um, and it's all live and free on YouTube. I mean, it is all, all the one best bang for your buck. Okay. We went to Bathurst and everyone's been like, even the Bathurst 12 hours with the field that it had this year got rave reviews, right? We're going to an equally as historic and equally as epic track as Bathurst is. We've got a 24 hour race. You've got 65 cars on track. All of those cars are evenly matched. We've got 150, if not more, of some of the greatest prototype and, and GT drivers from around the world being there. There's probably between, I reckon there'd be about 15 Australians all up that are going to be there, between 10 and 15 Australians and New Zealanders. So get amongst it, get on board, give it a watch. Watch the first two hours, and I think... What you'll find is you might watch a fair few more after that. Okay. Awesome. Watch racing. the first hour, and I think you'll watch a first few after that. Yeah. But you don't have to watch in the dark because that shit's boring as batshit if, <laughs> if you have never watched it before. Yeah, I agree. Unless you're a fan. Unless, Unless you like you watching like... lights. Yeah, I like the have. I got the live timing on, but like that's that's how yeah, I. But if you un- if that's because you understand what's happening, but if you don't yeah. know what's happening, it can yeah, true, be a bit true. boring. Yeah, true, true. I'll give you That's that. That's my plug. Maybe we need to do a post about it. H, we've got a lot of posts coming up this week. I think might just do one about the Spa 24 H. Maybe just to get you Isn't excited it about it. Next, next weekend. Yeah. Just to we get you excited about it, Harry. We need two weeks to hype up Harry. people, bro. Yeah, maybe. If we can hype up Harry, we can hype up anyone. <laughs> Harry, think about IndyCar. Yeah. Think about... How long you know what, it's no, totally I've, not the same thing, but sure. I've got How long did it take you, Harry? me to I've got convince you. For you? I want you to watch long the enough. first hour of the race. Ooh. And, you, and, 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 and you're you, going to report back to us. And you have us. to report to us how you felt about watching it. Is there a mini for the first hour? No, no. man. Just watch the first hour. <laughs> a mini right. is an hour. Tough All right, I'm, dedi- I'm dedicated to the podcast, so I'll do it. You know what you could do, H, now that you've got your camera? You could do, post it on YouTube, a live reaction to the first mm. hour. I want to hear it on the pod, though. Yeah, we'll do that. I want to be here and hear it on the pod. <laughs> we'll do that. <laughs> He's not committing to it. <laughs> All right, boys. All right. Is there any more, any more to shoot? Paul Ricard next week. Yep. Should Formula One. Um, yeah. Track gives me, I don't know, those lines freak me out. But it was a good race last year. out of a track. It was a good race last year. Um, if Paul Ricard didn't have a kilometre of concrete around it and it was just like a normal track in its layout, it'd actually be a good track. Yeah, but it does have a kilometre, so... But you know what? I hope they police the boundaries like they did last week because then it doesn't matter if there's a kilometre of concrete around it. Mm. You have to stay within the tra- you know, in, in the tram lines. As long as they do that, the spectacle sh- shouldn't be tarnished. It's only when you see people running wide at every second corner mm. and using it as runoff to overtake... That's when that's when the sort of spectacle is tarnished. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Because Coda has a lot of that as well, and we love Coda. Coda mm. even has the lines mm. with 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 stars in there, so that's why it's a little bit better. But other than yeah, that, we love like, the stars. The and yeah, it's the same thing. Well, France yeah. is just the stripes, just without the stars. Yeah, it's just a lot of blue stripes. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> I think France it's is red, white, and black, but it's got no stripes. It's just it's got no stars. Yeah, but like, stripes. what does it have to do with anything we're talking about? As in the tracks? I was just being. I think like, a, it was well, an observation. Are you, are, you trying yeah. to, are you trying to be um, 
a bit of a philosopher. Yeah. I think it's time to end the podcast if you're trying to philosophize. I think it is. I think it is, guys. All right. I think we'll leave it there. In waters we trust, bro. In waters we trust. (laughs) The man. The man. Number six. Number five? Number six. Dude, you're team. Five. Um, All right, boys. We'll leave it there. As always, please like, subscribe, follow, share. Keep spreading the word. Keep spreading the love. Thank you so much for following the pod. And we'll see you next week with our reaction from Paul Ricard. Have a great night. Thanks, mate. Thanks.